Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Welcome to evening worship here at Broadway Baptist Church. So glad you're able to make it and join us. We are going through a study here on Sunday nights about the life of Joseph. And what's so powerful about this story is we're going to see finally, we've been studying this for a couple of months now, we are finally going to see how the Lord has spoken to Joseph, revealed to Joseph about the master plan of about what he's supposed to be doing. So we're very excited about this. So open up your Bibles, Genesis chapter 46. Before we turn there, I want to give you some background information of what's going on this coming week. This coming week is what we call Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. And this is an important Sunday, or or this Sunday is before the Friday. And the reason why that's important is because on Friday, 48 years ago, was Roe v. Wade. That was when a decision was made by the Supreme Court justices in a 7-2 decision on uh, January 22nd, 1973, to legalize abortion here in the United States. Since then, 48 years later, 55 million legal abortions have occurred here in America. And I want to read you some scripture because that's a special day. Ronald Reagan in 1984 sanct- uh, made it a proclamation on Sanctity of Human Life Day, which is on the 22nd, this coming Friday. So here are many churches, they always celebrate that Sunday before, asking folks, asking you, church folks, to be praying for, uh, of ultimately, abortion to be overturned. So I want to read you a couple of scriptures here about what the Bible says about human life. Psalm 139, verse 13 through 16. God says, for it was you who created my inward parts, You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. David's writing that he was made by the Lord. God made him from the womb. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, meaning inside the womb. When I was formed in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and plan before a single one of them began. God has a plan for children in the womb. This is why, for me, and it will probably always be, you know, I, I guess I'm a politics guy, but my biggest issue is abortion. To me, it is wrong to, to end a pregnancy inside the wound. And I think the reason it's wrong is because the Bible says do not murder. And here in Psalm 139, it's very clear that this is a child inside of a womb. There's another scripture here I want to read. It's in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Jeremiah says, I chose you. He's talking about what God has revealed to him. God has spoken to him about this, about his calling. And this ties in here with Joseph, what we're going to see, where Joseph realizes his purpose. Have you realized your purpose? 
are you reminded of what, how God saved and how God has equipped you? I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. So before Jeremiah was even born, God had called him as a prophet. God has a plan for every baby. God has a plan and a purpose for every human. Nothing is by accident. Things just don't happen. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And that nations, you know, for someone like uh, Jeremiah, he was there preaching to Israel. We say, well, how to the nations? The words of Jeremiah, he would have no, cl- no clue. 3,000 years later, his words are being proclaimed and read in all of these nations here on earth. So throughout human history, we have been reading the words of the prophet Jeremiah. God's word does not return void. Genesis chapter 46. What's powerful about this? I'm sorry, chapter 45. What's powerful about this is the identity that we're finally going to see. The movement that's going to occur when Joseph is going to reveal himself to his brothers. Remember, it had been 20 years since they sold their, their brother into slavery. The brothers did not know where Joseph was. Had no idea. And yet they have been appearing for him. Now they're coming back to him. Verse 1, it says, Joseph could no longer keep his composure in front of all his attendants. He calls out to his attendants, Send everyone away from me. No one was with him when he revealed his identity to his brothers. What this means is, most folks in Egypt, they thought Joseph, he was just another Egyptian. They did not know he was from this little tribe of the Hebrews. He did not, they did not know he had all these brothers in this land of Canaan that was experiencing the famine. And that his brothers were coming down because at this point, remember, everyone is coming to Egypt to buy grain. Joseph, because of his dreams, because God had raised him up with a greater purpose, was the purpose was to save all of humanity. So now Joseph, he gets to a point where he's like, okay, I can't play the game anymore. Like, the secret has got to come out. No longer are we going to sit here and do this. And I think the biblical principle for us is Joseph is aware. He sees what God has done. He's allowing. God has allowed Joseph to get into the position so it can save his family. So it can save his brothers and his father. And really the whole world. And it says in verse 2, But he wept so loudly... That the Egyptians heard it. And also Pharaoh's household heard it. That means they might not have literally heard it. Basically word got out that something had happened with Joseph. And the attendants reported it to Pharaoh that he was crying. He was incredibly emotional. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. He says, I'm your brother. I'm number 11. Is dad still alive? Is my father still living? And he probably already knew that answer. His father was still alive because his brothers had told him. But what he's saying here, he's saying, I have the same dad, the same father as you. 
I'm so glad. I rejoice that he's alive. And it's almost like he's asking, I want to see him. I want to see my father. But they could not answer him because they were terrified in his presence. They were scared to death. The last thing in the world these brothers thought was that this man, this prime minister, who's selling grain to them, who's accusing them of Benjamin of stealing, was Joseph. They thought that Joseph was dead or he was in slavery somewhere. Joseph then said to his brothers, please come near me. And they came near. I am Joseph. So he's having to restate himself. He's taking off his, his attire, his Egyptian attire. He says, look, we have the same features. Do you recognize me? Look, our skin tone. Look, do you, do you recognize my facial features? It's been 20 years, but I have not changed. Your brother, he said, the one you sold into Egypt. And this is what's so powerful. Verses, verses 5 and following. This is the main verses that God is speaking to you and I this evening. And now... Don't be grieved or angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because look at this. Look at this. Because God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. God's plan for Joseph was for him to be sold into slavery and experience the things he experienced in Potiphar's household, dealing with Potiphar's wife, going to prison, having dreams, and ascending himself into this position of prime minister with a great example and a great purpose. So ultimately, Joseph could preserve the remnant of his family. He saw, God, you were work all this disaster, this famine, the slavery, the imprisonment. Lord, you were behind it all. It was because of you this occurred. And that's the maturity of Joseph. We did not see this in his early days. Remember 20 years ago, Joseph's going around bragging about his coat of many colors, showing off that he has these dreams. 20 years matures someone. 20 years is a generation, and all of a sudden this young man is a much mature man. And he goes on to say here in verse 6, for the famine has been in this land for two years, and there will be five more years without plowing or harvesting. God sent me ahead of you to establish you as a remnant. A remnant means a remaining, meaning a lot of folks are going to die. These are going to be difficult days. We've had seven really good years, and the past two years were terrible. Folks are dying. They're starving to death. But Lord has allowed me to be that remnant so folks can be saved because of the dreams I've had, a remnant within the land, and to keep you alive by great deliverance. And the great deliverance is God raising up Joseph. Therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. God is the one who directs our paths. This year, God is the one that directs us as a church family in 2021. God rebuilds Broadway. God rebuilds your family. God rebuilds this nation. And God rebuilds your commitment to Him. Your foundation is cracked. 
Your family's maybe not as strong and as close as they used to be in their commitment with the Lord. The great news is God reveals, he raises up Joseph so he can hold this remnant, this, this group together with the ultimate purpose with saving them. And I think the biblical principle for us, tying this in with sanctity of human life Sunday, which is today, tying this in with God's plan amidst so much uncertainty here in our nation. A new president being sworn in on Wednesday. A lot of political discord in Washington. A nation that seems so divided. It's just total polarization. And here is Joseph saying, hey, it was the Lord. You look around and terrible times right now. You have to remember, this is a massive famine. People are starving to death. And Joseph said, it was the Lord that sent me. He was the one at work. It was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. He's literally talking to his brothers. Their mouths are hanging open. And they fell to realize they're still coming, they're still grasping God's plan. They're thinking, oh my goodness, we had no idea. This is just a, a, a rural farming family and we're in the most powerful country on earth. And God is right there with us. And that's our brother who's leading and instructing Pharaoh say what's going on here God has actually raised up Joseph not only just to save the remnant of his family of all the Hebrews but ultimately to bring his entire family all 70 around 70 so folks in their households down to Egypt to a land called Goshen the land of Ramesses with ultimately preparing 400 years later for the exodus the Lord is doing something in this situation Preparing for one of the great, great movements with the raising up of Moses and leading the people through the Red Sea. Look what it says, verse 9, Genesis 45, 9. Return quickly to my father and say to him, This is what your son Joseph said. God has made me Lord of all of Egypt. Come down to me without delay. You can settle in the land of Goshen. Goshen is this area. You know, a lot of times you go out in the country, you might see Goshen Baptist Church. You hear about um, uh, this, uh, the, the land there that didn't experience the plagues. It's around the Nile River Delta, uh, an eastern part, uh, northeastern part of, 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 um, of Egypt there, north of Cairo. And what it, what it is, is it's this area that basically is very lush, one of the most premium areas of Egypt. Even today, you can go visit it. And basically, that's where all the Hebrews lived and flourished. And God blessed them tremendously and the land of Goshen. In many ways, it was in Egypt. What's, what's powerful about, if you study Jewish history, the Israelite history, they showed up in the land of Goshen. They showed up in this region. And they were just 70 people. 400 years later, they leave over a million and a half. And God grew them. God shaped them in the land of Egypt. And you might be in Egypt right now. You might find yourself here in Lexington. 
you might find yourself in a place that you don't want to be in and God is shaping you. So the land of Goshen is God's place amidst Egypt. A lot of us, we have to go to Egypt. We find ourselves in a place that's not our land, but we're there because God has us there. And that's why he's, he's inviting them to come to this land. You, your children, your grandchildren, your flocks, your herds, and all you have, there I will sustain you. For there, there will be five more years of famine. Otherwise, you, your household, and everything you have will become destitute. Look, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin can see that I'm the one speaking to you. Tell my father about all of my glory in Egypt and about all you've seen. And bring my father here quickly. Then Joseph threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept. And Benjamin wept on his shoulder. Joseph kissed him and his brother, brothers as he wept. And afterwards his brothers talked with him. What reason why he's embracing Benjamin? Remember, Benjamin's mother was Rachel. Rachel had two children. Rachel was Jacob's favorite wife. Rachel's other son was Joseph. Rachel died when Benjamin was born. So Benjamin's a young man here. Uh, he's the baby. And his brother, his, his full brother, full-blooded brother, same father and mother, with Jacob and Rachel, he's embracing him. All the other brothers were half-brothers. They had the same father but different mothers. And he's embracing his full-blooded bro full brother, Benjamin. Benjamin is really who Joseph spent his younger years with. He grew up with this young man. They played together. They were raised together. At 17 years old, Joseph was taken from his family. And probably Benjamin, remember, Benjamin wasn't there when Joseph was sold into slavery. So what happened was Benjamin believed that his brother was dead. He didn't understand that his brothers are the ones that sold him into slavery. So Benjamin's thinking, oh my, the brothers knew that Joseph had been sold in slavery. Benjamin this whole time thought his brother was dead. And now he's realizing, wow, my brothers sold my other brother. But look at this, this guy the Lord has been using. And we see finally the truth come out. You know, the Bible tells us the truth sets us free. God has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a truth for you. Many of the things that are going on in our nation, maybe going on with COVID, going on with all the uh, just rapid changes here in our city, in our nation, we do not understand. This is why it is more important than ever that you trust and turn to the Lord. Jesus Christ is looking for you and I during the midst of uncertainty to say, I trust you, Lord. You are my redeemer. You are my king. You are the one I cling to. Now, look at this. Jacob is going to find out his favorite son, Joseph, is now alive. This is breaking news all of a sudden to him. Verse 16, follow along in your Bibles if you have God's Word. When the news reached Pharaoh's palace, Joseph's brothers have come. Pharaoh and his servants were pleased. So Pharaoh's, say, why would Pharaoh care? 
Pharaoh is literally rolling in money because of Joseph's leadership. Joseph saved everyone. God revealed the dreams to Joseph. Only Egypt has food. They are in the midst of a terrible famine. All the nations are coming and buying grain from Pharaoh. So Pharaoh is thinking, whose idea was this? It was Joseph's idea. Joseph is the reason. So basically, if Joseph is happy, we are happy. Or Pharaoh's happy. Egypt is happy. So he's glad to hear. And he also wants to know, well, his, his family's going to be taken care of too. He just wants him to know that there's always a place there for him. Pharaoh said to Joseph, tell your brothers, do this. Load your animals and go back to the land of Canaan. Get your father and your families and come back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt. And you can eat from the richness of the land. You are also commanded to tell them, do this. Take wagons from the land of Egypt, from your dependents and your wives, and bring your father here. Do not be concerned about your belongings, for the best of the land of Egypt is yours. Meaning, Joseph, your family gets the best. You settle where you want to. You can have anything you want because the Lord, your God, has blessed us under your leadership. The sons of Israel did this. Joseph gave them wagons as Pharaoh had commanded, and he gave them provisions for the journey. He gave each of the brothers changes of clothes, but he gave Benjamin 300 pieces of silver and five changes of clothes. He sent his father the following, 10 donkeys carrying the best products of Egypt and 10 female donkeys carrying grain, food, and provisions for his father on the journey. So what's happening here? Pharaoh's giving all this premium food, all these nice livestock, sending them home to Canaan with a purpose to show to his father that Joseph is alive. You need to come back to Egypt because look at all this wealth he has given us. Remember, Jacob is this poor farmer, basically, in Canaan, and he's got a bunch of sons, but now one son, sure enough, he's the prime minister of Egypt. So Joseph sent his brothers on their way, and as they were leaving, he said to them, don't argue on the way. You know, he knew that his brothers probably had tempers. He knew they would fight. He knew there would be disagreement, and he had the authority now to speak truth in their life. He says, guys, y'all don't need to be arguing. You need to go and get all of our families, dad, and bring everybody down, and we're going to settle here, and the Lord will take care of us. So they went up from Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. They said, Joseph is still alive, and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned. You talk about, you know, Jacob thought his son is dead, for he did not believe them. But when they told him, they told Jacob all that Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to transport him, look at this, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. That's a revival right there. When you see how God was working, I believe this year we will look and see how the Lord is working. 
Lord's working here at Broadway. God's working in your life. The Lord has a plan and purpose. And when God's working in your life, your spirit is revived. Do you need a revival? You know what that word revival means? It means that once you were dead, you were just floundering around. You were just preparing for death. You just thought your days were done. You're just gathering up your home, wallowing along, and the Lord saying, no, you're alive. I have a plan. I have a purpose. There's great things in store for you. And I think what we see here is Jacob, all of a sudden, he experiences that revival that he desperately needed. Then Israel, who's also called Jacob, said, Enough, my son Joseph is still alive. I will go see him before I die. So he set out a mission. I want to see my son. I'm traveling down to Egypt to see my son before I die. It's been 20 years since he has seen his son. And now all of a sudden, he's recognizing the Lord's hand was with Jacob, with Joseph. What's powerful about this story is I think we see the spiritual maturity of Joseph. Joseph made that statement. He says, it was the Lord who sent me ahead of you. God sent me to prepare the way. And I believe in our life, we might, maybe we, we don't understand. We might be sowers where our job's just to sow the seed, where we're sharing the gospel. Lord is preparing us. Or all of a sudden we're coming through and seeing the harvest. Both the sower and the harvester have great purpose. The sower has to share the gospel. The harvester reaps the gospel. But without the sowing, you do not have a harvest. Joseph came along and his life was one of sowing, preparing to see the great harvest. The harvest, in this case, is that God saved this family in Canaan. They were dying in the family famine. They had no food. Jacob, the father, he was just literally dying. And his spirit is revived when he sees it was the Lord at work. God was doing great things. And I don't want you to look back here on your life, maybe the past year or so, and say, Lord, what have you been doing in my life? What, what have I missed when in fact you were totally and completely at work? God's will is for us to see in every little detail, even amidst a pandemic, even amidst COVID season, the Lord's hand. Many folks are going to get saved. Many people will get baptized in 2021. Decisions for following the Lord throughout 2020. Maybe they were made in 2020. They need to be acted on in this new year. God is waiting for you to respond to Him. God is looking for an army of Josephs who's ready to say, the Lord is at work. I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. I'm not holding on to resentment. In fact, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Go get dad. Go get the family. Bring them all here to Goshen, the land of Egypt. And we are going to be able to live because there's five more years of famine left. What if we had five more years 
of COVID season left. What if we knew this was going to continue a long time? Are you prepared? Has the Lord, is he strengthening you? Is your complete trust in him? God wants you to grasp his plan for your life. And that plan starts with you receiving Jesus as your Savior. Recognizing that from the wound, inside the wound, the Lord had a great plan and purpose for you. Just like Joseph, he saved you for service. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And I want you to pray and receive Jesus as your Savior. If you want God's plan for your life, it starts with receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Wherever you're at, you bow your head and close your eyes. You repeat after me. The Lord can read your lips. He can read your heart as well. Dear Jesus, I want your plan in my life. I thank you for saving me. I'm in need of a Savior. Lord, I turn from my sin. I turn to you. From this day on, I'm yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I hope to hear from you. We have a connection card. You can fill out our online connection card. Let us know if you've made a decision. Prayer request. Maybe you've got some family members you need us to pray for. We will be faithful. Our church family, I will be faithful in doing that. God bless you. I'll see you here this next Sunday. We meet here every Sunday night at 6 o'clock. See you next week.